And a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody, on this May 8th edition of Friday Live. We want to welcome you. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Welcome. And we're happy to have you here on this, uh, ooh, kind dreary. of a March day. <laughs> I know. It's Night dreary. and day from yesterday. I know. Yesterday was a gorgeous day. These swings in the weather. I don't know. We're going to have to really give Jim a little talking to. Give him a hard to. time. You know, yeah. my goodness. I was out there mowing the lawn yesterday, here here mowing the lawn. You got a little sunburn. Got some sun. It was great, beautiful, lovely, lovely, not a cloud in the sky. And today. I can't get enough. And I didn't wear a jacket today. I, I didn't think I would need a yeah. jacket. but I'm I, like doubling yeah. up on sweaters and yeah. sweatshirts. Oh, my goodness. Well, the, the guys will be happy you're wearing your Catholic men for Jesus Christ <laughs> right. sweatshirt. I love on a brisk day like this, just an oversized warm sweatshirt. So pardon the dress down day, but the weather warrants mm. it. And speaking of Catholic men for Jesus Christ, um, they weren't able to do the program last Friday, which was first Friday. But Bill and George will be here immediately following our program at 6 o'clock with the May edition of um, Brothers in Arms, and their special guest is Father Jeff Kegley, so stay tuned oh, for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we have a fine program lined up for you today. A little later on this hour, we're going to be joined by Father Dwight Longenecker, and he has written a book called Immortal Combat, and uh, he's going to tell us all about that. Uh, Why we're gonna... is that a familiar name? Uh, Other books, Father maybe? Dwight? Yeah. Longenecker, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty, he's been pretty popular He's a convert. I didn't know that. He was a, oh. an evangelical. Okay. But He's a married combat. He's a married priest with four children. He has four kids. Right now. Yeah. Well, he was, he was, a, he was an evangelical. <laughs> I'm and, trying to process became, this. He became a Catholic okay. priest. Ah. Uh, so he'll be with us. And mm-hmm. we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune. Uh, and then um, next hour, our friend Father Chris Rogers will be here to give his reflection on the fifth Sunday of Easter readings. And then uh, also next hour, Michael Lichens has uh, going to call. He hasn't written a book, but he's going to talk about a book published by um, Sophia Institute Press based on the writings and the experiences of the late Father Gabriel Amorth, who was a world-famous exorcist. And the name of this book is called The Devil is Afraid of Me. So it's kind of a spooky Wow, this is... <laughs> Not that we're making fun of the devil. No, but this but is a, a heavy couple of hours here, friends. Well, you know, we talk about the evil is real. We gotta, mm-hmm. You know, you got to know your enemy. So we'll talk to Father Dwight and, 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 and Michael, and uh, Jim's here with the weather. Before we do that, though, we are going to pray. And uh, I've been praying, and we will be praying this month, this beautiful prayer that Holy Father gave us um, for the month of May and invited people to pray it following the rosary each day during the month. Um, as always, my friends, we invite you to raise up your special intentions, whatever they are, and they are many, I'm sure, especially during this uh, very difficult time we find ourselves in. Uh, but also, we're going to ask you, please, to remember we've been praying all week for our friend Maria, our young friend Maria, and uh, they, her parents had to take her to the hospital this morning because she was having difficulty breathing. breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know any more than that at this point. Um, but I did, I did get a text from her dad, Brian who said that even in even in her suffering in that way, that Maria said, this is all part of God's plan. So it's astounding. Very holy, spiritual young woman. Mm-hmm. So keep her in prayer and the family as they go through this. And we always pray, of course, for God's will. So mm-hmm. uh, let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We fly to your, your protection, O Holy Mother of God. In the present tragic situation, when the whole world is prey to suffering and anxiety, we fly to you, Mother of God and our Mother, and seek refuge under your protection. Virgin Mary, turn your merciful eyes toward us amid this coronavirus pandemic. 
comfort those who are distraught and mourn their loved ones who have died and at times are buried in a way that grieves them deeply. Be close to those who are concerned for their loved ones and who are sick and who, in order to prevent the spread of the disease, cannot be close to them. Fill with hope those who are troubled by the uncertainty of the future and the consequences for the economy and employment. Mother of God and our Mother, we pray, please pray for us to God, the Father of mercies, that this great suffering may end and that the hope and peace may dawn anew. Plead with your divine Son, as you did at Cana, so that the families of the sick and the victims be comforted and their hearts be opened to confidence and trust. Protect the doctors, nurses, health care workers, and volunteers who are on the front line of this emergency and are risking their lives to save others. Support their heroic efforts and grant them strength, generosity, and continued health. Be close to those who assist the sick night and day and to priests who, in their pastoral concern and fidelity to the gospel, are trying to help and support everyone. Blessed Virgin, illumine the minds of men and women engaged in scientific research that they may find effective solutions to overcome this virus. Support national leaders with wisdom, solicitude, and generosity that they may come to the aid of those lacking the basic necessities of life and may devise social and economic solutions inspired by farsightedness and solidarity. Mary, most holy, stir our consciences so that the economic funds invested in developing and stockpiling arms will instead be spent on promoting effective research on how to prevent similar tragedies from occurring in the future. Beloved Mother, help us realize that we are all members of one great family and to recognize the bond that unites us so that in a spirit of fraternity and solidarity, we can help to alleviate countless situations of poverty and need, make us strong in faith, persevering in service, constant in prayer. Mary, consolation of the afflicted, embrace all your children in distress and pray that God will stretch out his all-powerful hand and free us from this terrible pandemic so that life can serenely resume its normal course. And to you who shine on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope, do we entrust ourselves, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Amen. And we'll pray the prayer to St. Michael and the Subtum Presidium prayers. Holy Father requested we pray to protect the church against the attacks of the devil. And so, I was going to pray St. Michael. Okay. Me too. Okay. St. Michael the Archangel, defend, <laughs> defend us, us in, in battle. battle. Be our protection, protection against, against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen. We pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II. Pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, well, we thank you for praying and uh, encourage you always keep those prayer requests coming in because uh, we pray for you here at the Apostolate and also save them up. And when Bruce comes in on the first and third Mondays, here uh, to do his program, Come to the Throne, he prays for you as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, t- tonight or this evening for me, you know, I have that, uh, you're invited too to the. Oh, that's right. My virtual happy hour with my high school friends. So via this Zoom? <laughs> I've never program? used Zoom before. No, me neither. I, 
I, as long as you could. Well, someone sent a link. Hit the link or whatever. Yeah, you someone have to sent do. a link. So yeah. we're having our happy hour at at seven o'clock tonight at, at uh, you know each in our own home, I suppose. Um, but I did go next door to our friends, you know, to oh. the, <laughs> to pick you something have to, up. You have to support the local business to pick something up for for the happy hour and. Um, I, I forget people like they're standing six feet apart. I, I just don't. I'm not. I'm not really understanding. Did do you do it automatically, or do you stop and think? Oh, that's right. No, I, I thought. To. Why does this guy in front of me move up? There's nobody in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're supposed to be standing six feet apart. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm just a little a little. And the hell had their mask. I had my I had my Jesse James mask on. Like you're gonna go in and hold the sure, place up. Sure. My old my old fashioned old Wild West Jesse James around mm-hmm. my face. They're getting very creative, though. You see different fabrics, different colors, all sorts of things. Uh, But it's going to make a funny tan in the summertime. Well, didn't didn't you say that um, His Excellency the Governor (laughs) said that uh, you can be on the beach this summer, but only with masks on? Only with a mask. So it seems like— What kind of tan are you going to get with the mask on? I know. Each township might be, you know, dictating (laughs) their— That's a poor choice of words, dictating. No, proper, <laughs> proper choice of words. Sadly, that they're all going to develop their own little system and rules and regulations. But in this one particular case, yes, they said, sure, the beaches are open, but you have to, again, maintain that distance and um, have the mask. Another place said, you can go to the beach, you can walk, you can run, but you can't stop moving. You can't Like just- a shark. Yeah. <laughs> Sharks can't stop moving or they die. They keep going forward. It doesn't, you can't sit there and, I, and I relax. And so. I did hear that the governor pushed it back now. Governor Murphy of New Jersey pushed it back, I think, to June, sometime in June. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. So, <laughs> in oh. Pennsylvania, I don't know where we are in Pennsylvania. Although George and Bill were telling me this morning, or George was, because George lives in Pennsylvania like we do. He went to confession last weekend, and the church is... In the archdiocese are still open, and there are priests who are hearing confessions and things. So right, sacraments mm-hmm. over there, not not the Eucharist, but at least confession is be, are being heard. In right. particular, the parishes. Well, it's just the place that we're in, this tri-state area, the East Coast. Um, now, I saw a couple of pictures of family in uh, in the Midwest, and they said, "Oh, we're having a gathering this Sunday," and the whole family was there. So I thought, okay, they don't have the restrictions of, you know, being being. No, they're loosening. With California's opening up. I mean, there many right. many. Many states are opening, so who knows? Well, just we just have there. to be patient. All right, let's take a break. and we come back, uh, Father Dwight Longnecker is, Longnecker is going to join us, and his book is called Immortal Combat. So stay where you are, friends. More to come on Friday Live.
right, welcome back, friends. And um, we want to uh, welcome uh, Father Dwight Longenecker. He was brought up an evangelical in the USA. He um, earned a degree in speech and English before studying theology at Oxford University. He served as a minister in the Church of England and in 1995 was received into the Catholic Church with his wife and family, the author of over, over 20 books and booklets on the Catholic faith and culture. Father Longenecker is also an award-winning blogger, podcaster, journalist. He's the pastor of Our Lady of the Rosary Church in Greenville, South Carolina. He was ordained a Catholic priest under the pastoral provision for married former Protestant ministers. He and his wife, Allison, have four grown-up children. He's written a brand-new book called Immortal Combat. We want to welcome to the program Father Dwight Longenecker. Welcome, Father. Thanks for the invitation. Good to see, good to speak with you. Thank you. Happy to have you here. Now, uh, 1995. You must were you one of the first uh, um, Protestant ministers brought into the church that way? Among the uh, no, no. Actually, uh, the first ones came in in the early 1980s. Okay. Uh, under when when uh, with uh, Pope John Paul II, and there were just a, few, a handful of them uh, here in the United States. And then uh, when the Church of England decided to ordain women as priests. Um, about 700 other Anglican priests became Catholics at that point, and, and, and a good number of us were married, uh, and the Vatican extended the permission, therefore, to um, uh, members of the Church of England, as well as uh, American Episcopalians, as it had been before. So you had a young family, though, at the time? Uh, I'm sorry, say that again? I said you had a young family at the time, young children? Your children were younger, obviously. Uh yeah, we when I was ordained. Well, when I was ordained in two thousand and six, so I was a Catholic layman for ten years before um, actually becoming a Catholic priest. But uh-huh. even then, uh, my my kids were ranging from eighth grade to second grade. So mm-hmm. yes, okay. Well, again, uh, we mentioned friends that Father has written a book called "Immortal Combat: Confronting the Heart of Darkness." Father, I always like to find out what is what is the genesis of this. What inspired you to write a book uh, about this topic? You know, I'm passionate about trying to communicate the, the, the Catholic faith to, to our modern world, our modern generation. And it seemed to me, um, having grown up as a Protestant and as a Catholic, that we, we both um, you, we use line, religious language, which a lot of ordinary people who maybe have no religious background would find bewildering. So we say, Jesus died to save you from your sins, uh, or behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it I think people who don't have any religious background or training would hear that and say, what does that mean? Jesus died to save me from my sins. How does the death of a, uh, you know, a, a revolutionary 2,000 years ago take away the naughty things I've done? Um, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, an ordinary person in the street might say, you're, you're talking about animal sacrifice here, and and we're modern people. We have iPhones. You know, we don't do that anymore. Mm. Um, right, right. Uh, what is that all about? So th- this book was trying to answer that question and say, first we have to ask, what really is the sin of the world? And, and we, when we examine what, what the sin of the world actually is, then we can begin to answer the question how the death of Jesus uh, on the cross uh, actually does take away the sin of the world. Mm. Well, you know, you mentioned in the book the art of spiritual warfare. Can you maybe expand on that a little bit, the art of spiritual warfare? What does that mean? Well, I think there's a lot of talk about spiritual warfare these days. It's become a little bit of a 
um, a hot topic, and that is good that it has, but I think a lot of people aren't quite sure what it actually means, and, and I think I get the impression that some folks think it means, um, you know, I've got to get down on my knees and, and say yet another umpteen rosaries, and that might well be part of it. Um, others have the idea that maybe it has to do with almost like doing exorcisms and stuff like that. Um, and that's not really for anyone but the exorcist to do. But um, instead, the art of spiritual warfare is understanding what the sin of the world really is and understanding how uh, the cross um, defeats the sin of the world, and then trying to get our, our lives into what it means to live the cross. St. Paul said, we preach Christ crucified. Um, for me to live uh, is Christ to die is gain. Uh, and Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. What does it mean to actually live the cross and therefore to live that victory? Father, I'm the uh, music. This is Cheryl, Jim's wife. I'm the, the musical side of the operation here. And the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about combat, I think soldiers. And of course, then a hymn pops into my mind, Onward Christian Soldiers. I don't think that's in most of the Catholic hymnals, but I have a lot of Protestant friends. And, you know, they'll, they'll talk about that hymn as being a good old favorite hymn. Is that something that we should be singing in our church, in the Catholic Church as well? <laughs> I don't know. I have a feeling that, that all those uh, militant hymns, uh, Onward Christian Soldiers, Fight the Good Fight with All Thy Might, and all those hymns, uh, I think that they're probably not present in, in most of the Protestant hymn books these days either, because uh, in, in the modern Church, both Protestant and Catholic, we've gone a bit um, sort of squeamish about the idea of fighting the good fight and, and, mm -hmm. and the, the Church militant. Um, and some of this is for understandable reasons. You know, we're worried about Muslim jihadists and, and becoming, sort of thinking that Christians are supposed to take up arms. Right. That's not what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about spiritual warfare, and um, being in the battle against evil has been part of the faith right from the beginning. The scriptures are full of the, of the, the theme of, of, of spiritual warfare and battle, and every saint you meet would, would say that they're engaged in, in uh, spiritual battles. So this is part of our faith. It's an important part of our faith. And, of course, we, we always hear it said by so many uh, speakers that the, the rosary is the best weapon. So, of course, to, to pick up our arms, but which are prayers and, and novenas and um, have, having masses said and, and those sort of devotions rather than thinking of yes. something so uh, violent. <laughs> Yes, and one of the other books I've written is actually called Praying the Rosary for Spiritual Warfare, mm. um, and showing people how to use the rosary to, to um, engage in, in, in the battle. But this particular book, in, uh, Immortal Combat, is, is going down into that, um, that, that the heart of, of what the cross really means. And I, I've written this for ordinary men and women. Uh, it's, it's not um, loaded with theological language or lots of churchy language. There's not lots of footnotes referring to ancient church documents and so forth. It's deeply rooted, but it's written in a way that is accessible for, for all. Mm -hmm. We're talking with Father Dwight Longenecker, and the book is called Immortal Combat, Confronting the Heart of Darkness. It's published by Sophia Institute Press. That is sophiainstitute.com is their website. And we talk about the, the, the spiritual warfare, Father, and we use the term evil, that evil isn't—we're not, we're not battling against just some abstract concept. There, there are actual evil beings that are in this battle, correct? Yes, um, and uh, I should stress that in, in spiritual warfare, we're not 
so much praying against something and acting against something as we're trying to do something positive in the world. Um, and it's, you know, the old saying that we've all seen on posters, it's better to, to light a candle than to curse the dark. Yes. Um, that, that's the idea, is that we're, doing, we're, we're engaging in God's positive work of truth and beauty and goodness in the world, and that is the strongest antidote to evil. Mm-hmm. In, in the book, Father, you talk about uh, uh, ten, perhaps ten sturdy principles that need to motivate all Christian warriors. Uh, maybe can you talk a little bit, uh, just a couple of, a few of those, while we have a little few more minutes left here? Yeah, the, the book concludes by, um, in, in a practical way, saying, again, how is it that we can actually um, live the cross, the victory of the cross? How can we actually put into gear uh, the victory that Christ won 2,000 years ago? Well, having understood what that actually means, how do we do that? And so there are 10 uh, different principles there on how we practically live the cross in, in the world today, um, through the sacraments, through the sacred scripture, um, through acts of sacrifice, and so forth. Uh, showing that each of these things, a lot of these things that we already take for granted in our Catholic life, um, trying to get us to see that these are ways that the cross continues to be alive in the world today. Mm. And I know in in we met a, a couple of vice postulators of causes for canonization, and these uh, priests have told me that you know we talk about looking for heroic virtue in those individuals being considered for canonization. And you talk about the saints um, and heroic virtue, and I love the quote, find a saint and you'll find a warrior. What does that mean? Uh, I'm sorry, say that again? When you say find a saint and you'll find a warrior. Can you expand on that? <laughs> yes. Uh, every, when you read the biographies of the saints, you will find that all of them were engaged in conflict and battle in one way or another uh, for the sake of the cross and, and, and the sake of, of Christ. Even even the little girls, like um, St. Jacinta of Fatima, this little seven-year-old girl who died 100 years ago with the Spanish flu, I've been reading about her recently. She was a feisty little character who put up with persecution and, and resisted the, um, the attacks of the devil. Or St. Therese of Lisieux, uh, who dies at the age of 24, uh, and she says, um, something, on her deathbed, she says, I shall die with my weapons in my hand. You know, so there... All of the saints, in one way or another, if you read their lives, you'll find that they're engaged in the, in the conflict, and uh, they're engaged in spiritual warfare. And we find ourselves, too, of course, we're all called to be saints, and we're all called for personal sanctification, that the more—I always find the more you try to, to, to become holy, the, the more resistance there seems to be to that. There is a battle going on there. There's always a battle going on, and if if if, they're, if you're not engaged in the battle, that means you maybe you've already given up. So, right. <laughs> not wanting to judge anyone, but uh, you know that there is something to, to be said about that. That um, there there needs to be resistance, and and in battle, remember, um, if it's really a battle, you're you're going to get some knocks, you're going to get some wounds, you're going to stumble and fall, uh, and the answer is to get up and keep going. And that's where the power and grace, you know, that that Jesus and the angels and saints give us. They've those who have gone before us, and they say that uh, when when the going gets tough, the tough get going. So read the lives of the saints and be a warrior like them. I know. I love that hymn uh, for all the saints. While we were talking about the music, mm-hmm. uh, the the, the, po- the poetry in that hymn for all the saints is strongly militant uh, and is so much wrapped up in the idea that. 
while we battle here, they're battling on the other side in the in the same fight with us. Um, yes. I would encourage our listeners to dig out that hymn and listen to it online on a YouTube video or look at the words again, because the words are so inspiring, and they're all about the, the spiritual warfare yes. with the saints. Yes, good. Well, the book is called Immortal Combat, Confronting the Heart of Darkness, a mighty guidebook for souls hungry to follow the way of the Christian warrior by taking up their crosses and following into immortal combat the king of the universe, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We've been talking with the author, Father Dwight Longenecker. The book is published by Sophia Institute Press, my friends. You can check it out, sophiainstitute.com. Father, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Stay healthy. All right, friends, and you stay where you are. There's more to come. Don't go away.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All right, that means it's time for our domestic church media meteorologist, Jim Hoffman. Welcome, Jim. Hello. Well, thanks. How are you? Well, we're, we're hanging in there a little cold, though. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, uh, we you might need to um, do a little penance here. Did, did I hear a few snowflakes for tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, could could be, could be. All um, right. Although yesterday, yeah, yesterday was a gorgeous day. Yesterday was beautiful. We had a lot. In fact, a couple, few, uh, a few nice days this week. Yeah, actually, yesterday we went uh, took the dogs over to Mercer County Park in the afternoon. It was just beautiful, really mm-hmm. beautiful day. Yeah, gorgeous. Oh, gorgeous. Um, Were there many people later. people there? Yeah, there were a few people walking, oh, walking good. about. Good. Yeah, it was good. People getting out. Good. Uh, last weekend was nice, right? Yes. Yes. Weekend. Right? Yes. Lovely, lovely. But uh, you know, today we were saying it was, it's more like March today. I don't know. But then he's going to quickly redeem himself yeah. and give us a gorgeous Mother's Day. So it's okay. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll, well see. we'll see. All right. <laughs> we'll see. But um, you, you had mentioned snow, and it, interesting. There, there is a chance of snow. We, we might see. Ah, uh, there, there might be a flake or two in the air yeah, yeah. around here. But uh, the chances of some snow increases. You get up. In the higher elevations of the Poconos, maybe an inch or two, and then you know you get up into the mountains of New York State, Western Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire. You might see uh, two to four inches. So it's nothing major as far mm-hmm. as accumulating snowfall, but still, it's in May. So right. <laughs> I know, I know. you don't expect don't expect this in May. Not and, at know, all. Time's playing tricks on us anyway because you know time has sort of stopped there for a while. Mentally, I still feel like it's April. I think because I missed, like I missed my normal April. So all this started at the end of March, and then after that, it just didn't matter what day or time it was or or what month we were in. And it's hard to just kind of get back on get back on board and get on the calendar. Yeah, so I guess. Um, we're gonna. You missed April. We're gonna miss May, and so. Ooh, what, what does that mean for June? June's gonna feel like uh, February. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like we're in some kind of time but, tunnel. We're just skipping over to summer. I don't know. Yeah, you're. You're right, though. It's uh, just with this lockdown, it it does strange things with the perception of time. Mm-hmm. These weeks just seem to be flying by for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, just crazy. Yeah. It but is. anyway. Yes. Um, Let's get into the weather. So, as I mentioned, you know, some wintry weather, especially for northern parts and higher elevations in Pennsylvania, New York, uh, and then up into New England. So, tonight, here we're going to have showers that are going to continue with a low around 35. It's pretty cold for this time of year. It's going to be breezy. We're going to have a northwest wind, 5 to 15 miles per hour. Those gusts could get as high as 25 miles per hour. Tomorrow, chance of showers in the afternoon. Otherwise, mostly sunny with a high near 50. Those winds are going to you know, keep up. We're going to have 15 to 20 mile per hour winds in the west, gusts as high as 35 miles per hour. Saturday night, mostly clear, low again around 35 degrees. Sunday, mostly sunny, high near 60. So not too bad on Mother's Day. And Sunday night, chance of showers, mostly cloudy, low around 45. And Monday, a chance of showers continues, partly cloudy with a high under 61. And just taking a sneak peek into next week, it looks like um, not too bad. Maybe some showers on Friday. Otherwise, 
uh, you know, partly cloudy to mostly sunny during the week. We're going to have highs in the 60s, maybe up to 75 on Friday, and lows in the uh, upper 30s to, um, gosh, around uh, upper 40s. So it depends on what day. Mm. Upper 40s, to, <laughs> to, <laughs> upper 40s to lower 50s. So. Oh my! So now isn't Mother's Day the day you're supposed to be able to start planting things? <laughs> I wonder if you can. Uh, my wife, uh, my wife planted some things couple of days ago, some Uh-oh. tomatoes and spinach and uh, basil. So we've got it in the ground already. All right. Well, all right. We'll have to keep an eye on that. But I thought, like, as far as flowers go, you weren't supposed to plant till Mother's Day. Was that the rule? Did you tell me well, that, Cheryl? not supposed to um, really plant them until you know all the deep Of course, we know nothing about gone. planting anything. We kill all <laughs> of our plants. But, that's... but I think uh, you don't want yeah. the risk of the freeze overnight, and mm. then they're going to get, you know. Yeah. They'll be killed. So you planted yeah, tomatoes, when, when I, spinach, and what else? Yeah, when I go, when we go to the nursery, we buy dead plants because we figure they're going to die anyway. <laughs> right. That's right. Good idea, and you get a get a nice price on them I too. You get at least half price. Yeah. And exactly. I got to tell you, you know, right. we had uh, we had some wind uh, a couple weeks ago, and we uh, part of our roof blew off at our home. Not, you know, shingles and tiles started blowing off the top of our house. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Here I, we had just a, a brand new roof put on the building here at the station after all those years, and now my house is losing shingles. So, weather is an odd thing, but we're love, we're welcome. Yes, we're it so, is. We're so blessed to have you share your knowledge about uh, the uh, the topic. So thank and you, it's, Jim. It's for that. keeping us hopping, Jim. That's right. There you go. All right. <laughs> well, you and Jackie and your family have a beautiful weekend. Happy Mother's Day to Jackie, and uh, yes. we'll talk to you next week. Yes, happy Mother's Day show, and have a great weekend. Thank you. God bless, Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Time for our game show, Name That Catholic Tune. We've been playing this throughout the Easter season. And uh, what we do here is Cheryl gives a little background on today's Catholic tune. And then she'll play a little bit on the mighty Wurlitzer that we've whirled into the studio here. And if you think you know um, what the hymn is, uh, after all that, we'll play a little a little segment of it. Then you can give us a call at 609 609- Four nine three eight two five five. That's six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. And take a guess. And I think I, I've now posted the number. If you're watching on YouTube, the number is on there. Oh, fabulous! Six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. And now let's play. Name that Catholic tune. Now, there's not a lot of history about this particular hymn. Oh, and also I'm I'm veering uh, off the track of the Alleluia hymns and the Easter hymns because, of course, this Sunday being Mother's Day, and in many of our churches, perhaps we would, if we weren't in the situation we are now, we would have been planning May crowning or, or Mary crowning. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to go to our our uh, Queen, our our Heavenly Mother, but. Um, as with so many of the hymns, it's, it often starts as a prayer or prose. So the text 
came from the year 1000. So we're talking, this is rather ancient. The text and then a chant melody was coupled with it. So we had a, a chant prayer. And when it was used in the year 1000, 1100, 1200, this particular hymn was used when ships were going out to sea. Oh, uh, really? They would sing this hymn. As oh, a yeah. blessing for the, for the ship oh, and its uh, so it's got a crew. kind of a nautical theme then. <laughs> well, in a very <laughs> rough rough way, but then what we sing more often today in many parishes, especially during the month of May, May processions and such, um, it developed over the years, and it was around 1800 when additional verses were added and a different melody was used. So it was more congregational, not just the chant of the monks. So, you know, just to trace this one more time, the prayer around 1000, it was then chanted, this Gregorian mm -hmm. chant. And then a little after 1800, uh, someone else gave it more of a metrical feel. So it's in the hymnals as... Um, this particular Marian hymn, but I think we all know this from from years and years of singing it. All right, all so right? let's go over to the Mighty Wurlitzer, 609-493-8255. That's the number to call when you think you know what it is. Uh, Cheryl's going to play a little segment here, 609-493-8255. And get that, kick that volume up a bit so we can make sure we oh, pick yeah. it up properly. Make sure we can hear it. On the Mighty Wurlitzer. And of course, I'm not going to play from the very beginning. I'm, I'm Going somewhere in the middle, okay? Okay, so here it is. Um. That's all I'm giving Whoa, you. Whoa, 609-493-8255. If you know what today's Catholic tune is, call right now, 609-493-8255. Let's play it again. Okay. Give him another Give him, give him the hint. I know. Let there's somebody out there that don't. Listen don't, carefully now, listeners. Listen. Ooh, come on, you know that one. 609-493-8255. What's the name of that Catholic tune? And we do have a contestant calling in right now. Hi. Whoop, whoop. you got to turn your radio down. First of all, that's the best way to start. Very good. And what is your name and where are you calling from? My name is Al, and I'm calling from Maryland, and Hail Holy Queen is the name. Oh, my goodness. Al from... from <laughs> Al from Maryland, did he say? <laughs> yeah. Temporarily in Maryland, as I understand. Temporarily from in Maryland. Oh, oh so Fort you know Wayne, Al. Indiana, I do. Holy Queen. Good. Now, we're not going to make you sing it, or, unless you want to play it on your trumpet. Do you have that handy? <laughs> I don't actually have my trumpet handy. Well, very and good. you don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Nothing shuts us down. We're pretty strong warriors here. Oh, I, I know. Oh, this is Al. Hey, you absolutely oh, hi, Al. How are you? That's my baby brother. <laughs> I didn't want to give it away right away. Oh, this is I thought fabulous. Al from Maryland. Okay, so we're really reaching. We're, this signal has really imp improved over the past couple of months. Here. Uh, uh, so how did you pick up the station? Did you go to Facebook? I picked it up with um, your recommendation. Oh, okay. So yeah. I'm online. Oh, oh very okay. good. So live Fabulous. So send, got to send Al a prize. Yeah, so you, know, you, all, you get to pick out your own prize. I think we have, we have don't we have the uh, Catholic hymns by Wynton Marsalis? Yeah. That's <laughs> I don't have that one. You don't have that one? I'll send you the CD. We'll send, yeah. we'll send you a copy. 
All right, thank you very much. All right, so uh, well, how, my donation, that's for sure. Oh, how wonderful. Well, very good. I'm glad you're still in touch with your Catholic hymns because I know sometimes your job calls you to other locations. So your wife yeah. is going to be proud of you. Or did, did Kathy tell you what it was? <laughs> no, that's... She was the one who uh, <laughs> was standing right next to me when we got it, but we both knew it. Good. Very, very good. Well, bravo. Well, we're going to talk. Maybe are you around tomorrow, you guys? Yeah. Okay. We'll be around. All right. Fabulous. Very good. Thank you for God playing. Thank you for playing. Thank you for what you do. Oh, God. Thank you. And Al is Loved the winner it. today of Name That Catholic Tune. All the way from Maryland. All Great job. All the way from Maryland. Hey, <laughs> hey, uh, Al, thank you so much for playing. We really appreciate it. God bless well, you. Well, look forward to talking to you guys again. Okay. okay. Great. Hi to the family. All right. Yes. Hail, Holy Queen. That was the tune. There we go. All right. There so, we go. Uh, Al from, is he really in Maryland? They're visiting one of the boys. Oh, okay. Good so happy them. Mother's Day, um, Kathy, mm-hmm. and all the other moms in the extended family. Now, you know, families grow. Right. and So <laughs> a lot of moms in there. All right. So uh, why don't we play that hymn? I just had it up. I don't know what to do with it. I think Let's I, do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm multitasking here so many ways. I know. I know. You're playing with all your toys. And you all notice my, I'm on the other side of the I, desk. I'm not allowed to touch anything. I need an engine. Well, we are six feet apart, though. <laughs> We're socially We're distancing. We're socially distancing ourselves. <laughs> the older we get, the more distant we've No, not really. No, no. No, we tease about that. All right. So, uh, Hail Holy Queen uh, was the hymn, and I'll bring it right up now. We'll play it. And uh, don't go away, friends. There's more to come on Friday Live. Stay right there.
I'm intrigued that they sang that as they were going out to sea. Yeah, well, so like s- that. Do you think they sang it like that on the way out to sea? No, no. Now you see, you you need to take notes next time oh, I, I was, give you I was, my I'm doing a lot of things. Here. My presentation. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, but originally it was the Salve Regina. Salve Regina. Oh yeah. So the sailors would sing that. So Salve Regina is Hail Holy Queen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it was in its original form in those early years, 1,000, 1,100, 1,200, and the ships would be going off to sea, they would the Father would bless or the bishop, you know, would bless the ship as they would go out to sea, and they would sing the Salve Regina as a blessing for the. You That's know. nice. I like that. Yeah. But then, like I said, many years later, they they make it metrical. They make it congregational friendly. And um, added verses. Now, in this particular hymnal I have in front of me, there are six verses. I think most of the time you would see four. So, um, you know, as as the years go on, they add verses and you get additional people involved. But um, there you have it. And, of course, we could have played the arrangement. Oh, I should have given that as a hint. It was in the movie with Whoopi Goldberg. Sister Act. Oh, Sister Act, yeah. And they did a, a quite an kind of interesting an upbeat. Yeah. Although we did hear, I think, didn't we hear? I think it was the uh, Daughters of St. Paul. We went to a co- Christmas concert. Remember over in Staten Island a yes. number of years ago? Right, right. And they did that that arrangement. Remember? Didn't from they? from Sister Act. Yes. Yeah. So it's like a doo-wop version. Yeah. yeah so. But the actual these were actual nuns singing it. Oh, I know. The Daughters of St. Paul. <laughs> they didn't even need to get costumes. No, they, they had their yeah. their habits on. <laughs> So, well, that, that, all right, so good. So, uh, Hail Holy Queen, that's the Catholic tune of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is May. Now, is there May, are May crownings coming up? Well, uh, interesting enough, uh, we're, I'll be playing this Sunday. Our parish live streams the Mass. And once Sunday Mass concludes, Father is going to say, wait, don't turn off your computers or your radio or however you're listening. Um, we're going to actually have a May crowning. They're going to pray the rosary. And they have stream some, it. They're gonna stream it. Yes, stream it. and they'll have some prayers. And we're singing the good traditional hymns on this day. O beautiful mother, bring flowers of the rarest. So that is Saint Magdalene's in Flemington. If maybe you want to tune in to a May crowning, or you can um, attend mass anywhere around the country virtually now. You don't even have to drive there. But that is Flemington Saint Magdalene, and it's eight o'clock in the morning, so you have to get up bright and early. Mm. But eight a.m. So it'll be your typical um, Sunday mass. But right at the conclusion of mass, we'll have the May crowning. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sister, we have um, a convent there, and one of the sisters is going to actually crown Mary. Oh, that's nice. So it'll be beautiful, too, and they stream, so you can watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the technological side of it. Kind yeah, of, you know, I think people I get are kind of swirling Father, around. You're going to hear but, Father Jeff, uh, Bill and George have Father Jeff on Chris, uh, Brothers in Arms, comes on 6 o'clock right after us today. Uh, the May edition, it wasn't on last week because they had a scheduling conflict, but they're on at 6 o'clock tonight, and Father Jeff is there. Father Jeff Kegley from St. Mary's in Middletown, the pastor there, he's their guest today. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear they're doing great things over there at St. Mary's, too. Yeah. So a lot of the parishes are really taking advantage of all the technology. Right. Well, as long as they have the equipment and more so the know-how, you these younger people can work their way around the all the technological equipment. I wouldn't right. know the first thing to do. I just say, tell me where to go and when to play, and I'm, I'm fine. But they're running around with all sorts of cameras and feeds and wires. Like and, me. Yeah, I know. I have all my. Now we're adding graphics to our video. I'm, I was excited about that. I'm getting really getting the stepping hang of it, it up there, yeah, Jim. I know. Good there's a you. lot, a lot of. I'm, I'm going to add a third camera too. I think I'm going to add a third camera for other things. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I'm, 
<laughs> I just, not a lot I'm just here. adding. I know, but I just want to <laughs> add more. So the, the more the more we get it out there, the more people will see or watch or That's listen. Right. So. All right. Well, our first hour is up, my friends. And uh, coming up next hour, we're going to have our gospel reading. And our reflection this week is by our friend, Father Chris Rogers. Uh, also, uh, Michael Lichens is going to join us to talk about a book about the late Father Gabriel Amorth, famous, world-famous exorcist. Mm. The book is called The Devil is Afraid of Me. I like that <laughs> title. So more music, more talk. Don't go away. More to come on Friday Live. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to to goodshop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit goodshop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's goodshop.com and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. Goodshop.com. Hi, this is Peter Herbeck, host of Fire on the Earth, heard right here on Domestic Church Radio every morning, Monday through Friday at 6.45 a.m. Join us as we seek to hear the voice of Jesus, who calls each one of us personally to follow Him, to share in His life, His mission, and His destiny, and to live the high adventure of Catholic discipleship. I hope you can join us every morning, 6.45 a.m. on Domestic Church Radio. God bless you. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. 
please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. There was no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. You know, are many of you who have not been to confession for years, I'll make a bet that's on nothing. You're ashamed. There's nothing you could tell a priest he hasn't heard before. You don't want him to know who you are. Go to another city. Go to another state. Who's going to know who you are? God knows who you are. So all of these things that we're so afraid of, people's opinion, it doesn't mean anything. You know what our dear Lord said about other people's opinion? The opinion of men mean nothing to me. I always wondered how the liberals are going to interpret that inclusive language. <laughs> they wouldn't dare say the opinion of women don't mean anything to me. It must be the opinions of people. Whatever it is, opinion made nothing to him. Why? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Do you love praying for people? Have you ever wanted to use your gift of prayer to share Jesus with others and build up the body of Christ? Start a public prayer station with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Listen to people's needs, pray with them, or invite them to meet you at church. St. Paul Street Evangelization can help you get started. Find out how at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back, friends. Another hour of Friday Live on this May 8th, the 125th anniversary of the birth of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And we certainly pray to him, don't we? Oh, yeah. He's been a friend of ours for many years now. Mm -hmm. But today, on this day, back in 1895. He was born. Born. Mm -hmm. 1895. Mm -hmm. 120, 125 years. Well, somehow I thought he was more recent. Well, he died in 79. Right. Right, but that he so would have maybe been born in the, well, it's, it wasn't far from the early 1900s, but he just seems like such a contemporary. Mm. Certainly his words are could have been written today, huh? Oh, sure. Mm. Sure. Good friend of ours. Of course, now his body is in Peoria, so we're waiting for the reopening of his of his cause, hopefully be beatified. Maybe they can follow in the long line of Italian tradition where they, uh, you know, the head yeah, is sure, buried. Sure, the head, in like St. <laughs> Catherine of Siena, right? right. She's... 
part of her is her head in, in Siena and, yes. and her body in Rome? Yes. You saw her or head. Or is it the other way around? Didn't you see her head? I didn't get a chance to see her head, but you saw her head, didn't you? I did. So that must have been Sienna. Yeah. Yeah, they don't do that anymore, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> Only in horror half, films. Half, <laughs> half and half. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, okay, so anyway, we're going to have our gospel reading, and this is the, already the fifth Sunday of Easter coming up, and our friend Father Chris Rogers uh, will do our reflection today. And then later on this hour, we're going to be joined by Michael Litchens to talk about the book, The Devil is Afraid of Me. It's um, uh, kind of a um, reflection, or, or it kind of highlights the life of Father Gabriel Amorth and his work as a world-famous exorcist. He has since passed away, but he had many, many exorcisms, thousands upon thousands. Which is fascinating. Yeah, so I mean, Michael, it's intriguing to many people. And it's almost a stretch, a connection to our earlier guest with Father Dwight and uh, the immortal combat of good mm-hmm. against evil. This, These are things that we can't brush under the carpet because they're very, very real. Right. So anyway, we'll do this gospel, and then Father Chris will give the reflection. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God, have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe because of the works themselves. Amen. Amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and will do greater ones than these, because I am going to the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Greetings, everyone, and praise be Jesus Christ. I hope you find yourself well in these days, not just physically and spiritually, but emotionally and psychologically as well. I thank you for tuning in and listening, and God be with you today. This week, while the Sunday Gospel takes us to the last scene, uh, the last night of Jesus' life, his Last Supper, The second reading provides, if you will, a first supper. As we read from the first letter of St. Peter, this is a baptism homily, and we hear from Peter himself addressing the newly baptized young people, women, men, children. And what a rich, what a beautiful meal, what a beautiful word Peter provides these new Christians. 
it's worth not only listening to at mass or on live stream, but it's worth picking up your Bible this week and reading 1 Peter. It's a letter that begins with the beautiful invitation that we heard today. Come to me, a living stone, rejected and but chosen and precious in the sight of God. Peter's announcing Jesus as that living stone. But then he says this, let yourself be built up like living stones into a spiritual house to offer sacrifice acceptable to God. What beautiful news that these people who have heard this call of Jesus in their life, these people who, like us, in some way, shape, or form, have known rejection, being beaten up, or even persecution, that they are being called living stones. It's a beautiful word. It's a very important word. Peter goes on to say, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation who have been called out of darkness into wonderful light. My friends, how important it is that we hear that call. Every day now for the past six weeks, I've been saying mass in a dark church. And I came across a, a uh, slogan recently, and it read, the church has left the building. And it has. The building is dark, but the church has left the building. We've been called out into the world to be a most wonderful light. My friends, as we begin this fifth week of Easter this week, as we continue to undergo the sacrifice of this difficult time, and as we celebrate Mother's Day, let us thank God that he has made us his people. And like children who are in the womb and who come forth into a most beautiful light, let us pray to not only receive that light, but to spread it this week. I encourage you to allow yourself, as Peter says, to be built up as living stones. Read the word of God this week. Be built up by it. And know that every sacrifice, every act of being with God will yield a rich harvest. God be with you.
Carly Simon. I know. <laughs> a wannabe. Simonetta, Simonetta. Who you hear with during the rosary every morning with Father Groeschel. But she does That's sound right. like, I bet, I, I would bet that Carly Simon was an influence of hers. Sure. Her, Carol King, right. right? It's just the same style and everything. Sure. You can tell. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, you got a little message here on our, uh, on our um, uh, what do you call it, text? Cheryl just wanted to say thanks for the book on praying the rosary. What an excellent choice. Oh, good. You're welcome. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to, we have shelves and shelves of books from all these publishers. We would never read them in a lifetime. So we might interview the author or something, and then we like to use those to give away as prizes. And I try to think, what would this person like? You know, because I don't know who they are and what they like. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, so you made sometimes, the right choice there. With yeah, Arlene sometimes and Pete. it just clicks. Good, <clears throat> fabulous, very good. Uh, you made a mask that you wear. I you did made a music make a mask. mask. I should bring Where'd, it. Did you get a Did you get a pattern? No, it, it's very easy. It, I mean, it's just a nine by six piece of cloth. But you can go online anywhere. Um, AC Moore, Michaels, and then other people were just passing around. This is how you make them, and 
you know, a lot of people are making the masks. So um, it's my it's mask really... wasn't good enough for you. The mask I made. <laughs> <laughs> but the, it was. Oh, friends, let me just tell you what it was. All right, first of all, let me say it was pocket square. You know what pocket squares are? It's a pocket square for like the suit or the tuxedo, so it matches. Everything. Well, when I was doing my Sinatra gig a couple of years ago, you I ordered. ordered but you had to buy a whole bag of them. Yes, it was like twenty-four so, different colors, all kinds of different. So I yeah, obviously I had the red one or the what, the white one, whatever I used when I sang. But there were other colors. Hot pink. So you you flip it over, so it likes like the Jesse James thing. A big triangle. Right, and you put it. But what I did was I took paper clips, and kind of made like little like the end of ear, uh, eyeglasses, mm-hmm. and and poked it through and twisted it around, and they hang on your ears. <laughs> You could probably sell them on the street corner if there were people out on the street, yeah, but there's per- not. No. No, but I did. But I had what I had at home was fabric. It's black fabric with mus- multicolored music notes on it. So I thought, I have to have a music mask. But anyway. You know who's making the most money in all this? Let me guess. Wait. Pharmaceuticals? No, the people who make those plastic containers when you order in food. <laughs> Oh, all those yes, containers. That's right. That's because right. they're they're not. You could use them for. I mean, you could use them. You could, you could reuse, reuse them. them. Oh, sure. And they're, they're, they're fine. Uh, you know, you order. You order. You know, we order. We try to to uh, you know go support our local local restaurants. We'll order maybe mm-hmm. sometimes we'll order dinner or something in or, or breakfast. Sometimes we order right. breakfast. And they come in these beautiful, come, t- yeah. practically Tupperware. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and sturdy and rewashable. I mean, but that's right. They can't be cheap. All these restaurants, cafes, and otherwise have to be ordering them by the thousands. Yeah, I mean, you know, you think about it. Mm. That there's so there's a business and other, but you mentioned pharmaceuticals. That's a whole different story. Right now, I was surprised somebody already has a book out. I did that come in today's. Yes, mail? Teresa Tomio. How did she write that already, like coronavirus and... I don't know. The publisher said, would you like to have Teresa Tamio on about this? And I said, you know, we're really trying to avoid (laughs) harping on that because just give people a respite from all that, you know? I know. I mean, God bless Teresa Tamio. She's lovely, but... But I'm just thinking of the logistics. How do you make that work? How do you write a book overnight and get it out in print and out to... This is... I don't, I don't know. You know, she didn't have a lot of lead time. You know? I don't know. It's not like you work on it for months. A lot, and... we, we've been getting a lot of songs, people who are writing songs so, that's right. about the coronavirus. Right. How about the, um, we were listening the other night to one of those news programs and the Beach Boys, you know, they're up that's in age. Right. That's and right. it was their style. I mean, you could have been on the beach. Was it Mike fun. Love? Is that the Beach Boy that was 79 years old and he was Michael singing about Love. Michael right. Love? And he, so look it up. If you were into the Beach Boys, it was something about. Stay at home or. Well, they're just surviving Lock me this. up. <laughs> Lock Stay me away up. from me. <laughs> Lock me up. That Don't is... sneeze on me. <laughs> oh, dear. You know, I have a cough. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm going to apologize just... to all the friends out there. Do you see what I have to deal with? I, can't help it. I know you're praying for me right now. I am, but you know, it just it gets, to, it gets to a point, you know. I know. But think we could probably come up with some good song titles. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that later on your Zoom happy hour. Well, you know, hour I showed you. Friends. I know you know. I noticed that our you have a, a new welcome mat in our home. Was that a new welcome yes. mat? I saw. Yes, I've been to Lowe's and Home doing... Sweet Home or something. It says mm-hmm. Welcome. You home. can order one that says Go Away. <laughs> <laughs> and you literally do Google it. You can order a, oh, a place a, a welcome mat. Or a, not, it wouldn't be a welcome mat, but no. a doormat Un-welcome for your mat. home that says Go Away. Stay I away. love it. I think that'd be great. <laughs> go away.
<laughs> yeah, that would be good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing's different for Jim. Nothing at all. Life has not changed. No, I got a call from one of our board members today saying how things going, and I said, you know, for me. It's no different. It's 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 li- it's business as usual because I, I come it's here. It's a very and I do solitary my- type pos- job. You know, you do all your tasks here. You're on the air. It's just you, except when you know, and when Jesus I come is in. next door in the, in the sure. chapel. He, <laughs> he and I are over there together a lot. Guest might come or go. Today, or- Bill and George were here, but we did socially mm-hmm. distance ourselves from each other. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, it's work is the same. Yeah. But I have to tell you, I am so blessed and so thankful to be back, even at. You know, a minimal um, portion of what I do if, to be back at church and playing. So yeah. it's it's just fine. Well, you always miss the organ. I mean, we try, yeah. didn't we try that a few years ago? You're going to give all that up and you're going to come work, work at the, the radio station. And then two yeah. weeks later, you had you were you were subbing for somebody in the organ at the church. You couldn't stay away from the keyboard. No, couldn't. So I'm not ready yet to give that up. No, you shouldn't. That, that's your gift. Mm-hmm. That's your gift. That's, I do you love should it. be doing that. You shouldn't I didn't be realize how much I missed it. Spending your time I was... stuffing envelopes. Yeah. You know? You're using so, your gift. So it's beautiful to be back. Yeah, and hopefully, I don't. Again, I, I don't know what the timeline is. Although I did read today that public masses in Italy are beginning on May 18th. Right. So the thing is, we're in this hot spot. We're in New York, New Jersey, whatever this little central location. But we're watching everyone else as they unfold and they try to resume their life. And we will learn, you know, what works, what doesn't work. How fast can you do it? But I know. And we go, we are too. We're doing that too. We're reverting back to this topic of conversation. I know, but it's it, yeah. it's more so let us out. I, I just think people are just saying, okay, let us out. You know, yeah. enough. Uh, you know, you, you want to be careful. You want to follow the guidelines. But people have to get back out to work and into living normal lives. We right. can't, you, you know, like, think about it. What would, what would the ideal be? You know, what's, what's, when is the right time to, to stop all this? Right. What, uh, people will still get know. it. People mm-hmm. will still die from it, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. So... God forbid, but, you know, that happens. But the damage that's being done now to families who are truly, truly suffering. Yeah, like we, we want to hug our grandchildren. We had the FaceTiming with the other night, and we're, oh, my goodness. You just I know, wanna, I cried after that. You just want to hold them, and you can't. But my those people goodness. who are out of work, imagine like a mom-and-pop little cafe right. or breakfast spot or something, and that's all they have. And, all right, take out to a degree, but they're losing their entire livelihood. And perhaps their life's investment was in that That's restaurant right. That's right. and now they're literally can't buy food right. or or the people that are alone i think of the elderly maybe they don't drive right um and normally would get visitors to you know keep them company or something mm. you're talking about solitary confinement it's not good for your mental health no but then the numbers too are being skewed because I showed you that memo. It was from the state senate in, in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, where the secretary of health um, gave a statistics. Half, half of the deaths in Pennsylvania. I don't know what the number is, but half of them were actually in nursing homes. Mm-hmm. So Which, yeah. when you see the numbers, oh my goodness, all these people are passing away. Yes, anybody passing away is a tragedy, but a person in a nursing home obviously is in the last stages of his or her life and there were other conditions mm-hmm. and other you know mm-hmm. other uh, other uh, ex, you know just yeah, let's not talk about it anymore. yeah you would eventually you know <laughs> anyway that's that 
something else, Had something on the bright that. side. Had enough of what that. are you doing now? So people are listening. Maybe you want to text. Give the number again. What are you doing Sunday in a different oh, way? Oh, Mother's Day. For Mother's Day. 609-493-8255. You can text us right here. I'll get it right on my little laptop or Chromebook here that I have in front of me. 609-493-8255. You can text. What are your plans in this very unusual Mother's Day? Right. Uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of zooming going on. Or people going to family. Or zoom, people, you know, maybe right? people who say, you know what, my kids are well, I'm well. We've let's been visit. well for two months. Let's go visit. Let's go visit. Right. We can't say that, but, and we are well, but it's, right. it's not our call. Well, well our daughter-in-law is pregnant, so we have to be extra. Be careful. very careful. Yeah. The number three is on the way. So we're excited about that. Yeah. And actually, we did find out the due date. This is the feast of Saint Faustina, Saint Faustina, October. Maybe they'll 5th. name her Faustina. Yeah. <laughs> or Quarantina. <laughs> Quarantina. <laughs> or we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. No, we don't. No. I hope it's a surprise this time. I don't think he's, I think they're still playing. I asked him. I asked Joseph. I asked our son. He said, no, they're going to find out. Oh. I always like the surprise of it. Right. But anyway, so. Uh, so what did we do? Careful. Did we paint the room a neutral color then? We. Yeah, it was white. Well, that's white. about as neutral as you can get. <laughs> it was white. Don't you remember? Yeah. White. We put up. Um, Little, you know, little neutral. Just all those uh, pastel, blue, yellow, pink, green. Actually, I'll tell you, it was this day, you talk about my fine memory, May 8th, 1988, when you found out you were pregnant with Joseph. It was Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day. Oh, that was fun. That was a Mother's Day. That was fun. We had, I tell the story, because it's a lovely story. We We had had two previous miscarriages, and you didn't know you were pregnant yet. And we went out to dinner for Mother's Day, which was like a, you know, it was, it was like a, just to go. I know, but it was Mother's Day. And, mm-hmm. You know, we had already had the two miscarriages. Like, and and yeah, there was a woman. I, there was this thinking? woman walking. I don't remember the restaurant we went to. It was in Phoenix. We were living out there at the time, and she came around. She had a bunch of roses in her arm, and she was going around from table to table, giving out roses to the mothers. Mm-hmm. And she came to our table, which was just you and me, and she said, "Are you a mother?" And you said, "No," and she, she gave you a rose. She goes, "Oh, you will be." And then she like vanished, and she went yeah. I never saw her again. Just went away. And that day we were driving home, and you said, "Stop at the drugstore. I have to get something." Yeah. In those days, it was the little kit, right? You had the kit. And <laughs> I guess you took they still the test, them. and it was Mother's Day, and you found out you were pregnant with Joseph, our first, our first uh, baby. That's right. But she knew whoever that woman was oh, passing out roses. <laughs> Fabulous fun. Sometimes life is full of surprises. You never know. You never know. And uh, that was a, that was a. That was a, an interesting day because I, I think about that often. Like who, I, 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 you know, for her to be walking around just with a bunch of roses, passing out roses mm-hmm. in this restaurant was very interesting. Yeah. Oh, the number. But it was May eighth, so that's what made me think of that. May eighth was Mother's Day, and I believe in nineteen eighty eight. Mm-hmm. Long time ago. It was. It mm-hmm. was a handful of years. Now our baby is having babies. Yeah. He's, many babies later, here we are. He seems to be uh, doing well as a dad. Yeah, it's beautiful to see them. Yeah, growing up. And I think the last, well, no, we saw them, we vacationed with them in the winter. We were out in Phoenix for a couple of weeks, but then. Um, we went to EWTN in the, the yeah, beginning Yeah, but we only March. saw them once in between well, since then. We saw we were in Phoenix, but, but but then we only saw them once after that. And that's I thought it was it. the Monday after EWTN, maybe. No, before EWTN. Ooh, so it was probably around In between March, Phoenix March and EWTN, yeah. Yeah. Probably March 2nd or 3rd. That's the last we've seen of them. That's over two months. And you know what? We were spoiled because we see them probably once a week. 
So and we spent had just spent you know two weeks, a couple weeks with the mountain <laughs> every day. I hope they're listening. We're waiting. Yeah, we're ready. No, we're ready, but we got to be careful because Tori is you know, know. supposed to be careful. But as soon as we get the go ahead, they're coming to our house for a week. There was a great <laughs> video on I saw online where it says when the lockdown is over, visiting grandma, and this car pulls up. And two kids <laughs> they get thrown out of the car and a couple of suitcases in the car <laughs> speeds away. <laughs> That'll be them. <laughs> because being in and trying to keep them entertained, I mean, they're young, so they need a lot of attention. You know, if they're if they're mid-elementary um, school, they can play board games. They do their thing. But with the their one and three, you're playing with them and right. keeping them busy. So right. that's demanding. And she's tired and she's pregnant and Joseph's working. So... Uh, every family situation is different. But, you know, I, I have to go back to our first guest. I keep thinking about this Father Dwight Longenecker, mm-hmm. that the story of him being married with children. That is, like, so intriguing to me. Like, I want to look that up and, and read how that can be. I know well, the church allowed it. I know it, but I just want to read more about it. Yeah. All right. See, we, there's something to learn every day. Yeah. All right, well, let's take a break. We're going to uh, come back, and we're going to be joined by Michael Litchens, and um, he's going to talk about the book, The Devil is Afraid of Me. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Friday Live.
All right, sing it, Mary. Well, we're having a little um, difficulty reaching Michael Litchens. Hope the devil didn't get him. <laughs> <laughs> the devil was afraid of him, but uh, uh, I don't know. they could be in battle right well, now. I left our phone number. Maybe he'll give us a call back. Right, this well. is when you do live interviews. You know, it's always like okay. That's the risk. That's Although you know, it's funny to watch on television now because they're all forced to do either Zoom or um, uh, FaceTime or you know in Skype. Terms of, yeah, uh, as far as like you, just, you even know, even the yeah. weather. It's their home. They're in their garage. And you see the breaking. The you know the picture breaks up and the and the, right. the, the sound gets a little a little sound distorted. Delay sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so they're no different than we are, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> where was the one where the the gentleman was working from home and he was on a conference call and. Or on his Zoom, and in the background comes the little toddler in one of those walkers oh, coming towards. British, I think, a British. Uh, <laughs> yeah, newscaster. and then the mother comes in to get the baby, and the other one runs in. Well, I think we might have a, a okay, caller let's here, so let's it. see what we do. Hi, is this Michael? It is Michael. Ah. Hi, sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. We were a little conservative, though. Maybe you know we were having a little battle with the devil. <laughs> uh, you know, technology problems tend to follow me, and I've wondered sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, we want to welcome to the program Michael Litchens. And uh, Michael is the editor of Catholic Exchange. And when he's not uh, revising and editing, he's often found studying and writing about G.K. Chesterton, religion and literature, or random points of local history. He holds an A.M. from the University of Chicago Divinity School and B.A. from St. Thomas More College of Liberal Arts. And we're going to talk about today uh, a book called The Devil is Afraid of Me. Now, Michael, this is a book, of course, we know of the late Father Gabriel Amorth, who was a world-famous exorcist. Tell us a little bit about this particular book, The Devil is Afraid of Me, and how it relates to Father Gabriel. Well, Father Gabriel, uh, we have that subtitle in there, The World's Most Popular Exorcist. I'm not sure if Father Amorth would have uh, accepted that or not, due to his particular sense of humor and opinion about himself. But uh, this book is a collection of stories from people who worked with Father Amorth, as well as Father Amorth's words from previously unpublished interviews. And it gives us a background into an exorcist who really did work diligently. Even in his old age, he would see up to 17 people a day who would need various prayers of liberation or exorcisms. And he did that really until he died in 2016, and thus his funeral was well attended by thousands of people in Rome. Mm. You know, the first question that comes to me, Michael, and, sure. and I'm not sure that you could answer this. Now, of, of course, we have this Father Gabriel. We know of some other priests mm-hmm. that are—is there a certain charism? I mean, not every priest um, it will— be labeled as an exorcist. Am I correct with that? Like, are, are there only certain priests mm. that maybe get either additional training or something? Yes, Father Amortha notes, and this is true across the world, bishops have the full right to decide who is an exorcist and when an exorcism is needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we as all Christians, we can absolutely pray with confidence and have trust in the Holy Spirit to guide us. But with uh, Father Gabriel, he noted that not every priest could do it, and some priests were better—not better, it's probably the wrong word—but some priests were more effective exorcists than others, even Mm -hmm. if they were all sharing the same ministry. Right. Father Morth said that was true of him, too. Sometimes people did better under other exorcists than him. Mm -hmm. But uh, I I think— I was oh, gonna, go ahead. I was going to say, I imagine it, it is more like a, a charism, a certain calling, a certain yeah. gift, you know. It absolutely is, and in many ways it's rooted in a lot of the virtues we understood. Father Morth was a parish priest before he became an exorcist, as several exorcists are. 
I know a couple academics who found themselves becoming exorcists, but that's a little rare. Mm. And one of the hallmarks is obedience and trust. And those are the big things that if you can have what Father Morth brings is he has absolute trust that the Holy Spirit is guiding him and protecting him. Well, now the the book is called "The Devil Is Afraid of Me." Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 can our readers gain from reading this book? What will they discover about either exorcism or the devil himself, or or the just the presence of evil and the action of the evil one? Tell us a little bit about the content and, and what people will get from it. Well, I think what they'll get from it is they'll learn a lot from the personal experience and stories from Father Amorth about the spiritual world, which, as Father Morth notes, and any of us who go to church know this, spiritual warfare is not talked about from the pulpit as often as it should be. It's just not addressed whatsoever in many churches. Some people go their entire lives not hearing one sermon or homily about how we here on earth are engaged in a battle for the soul of ourselves and for others. Right. And that's, I think, the most important lesson. But you'll also learn really practical advice, such as prayers of liberation that can help you if you're feeling like there might be something off in your home or things of that nature, or if you are unlucky enough to anger an occultist and they start putting curses on you, these are things you can learn. And a lot of them reinforce just what you were taught as a child growing up, but it puts it into a greater context when you learn about spirits that wish to do you harm. Mm. And now we know exorcism, or rather I should say possession, is an extreme the action yes. of the enemy, the evil one, is very active, though, and there is, you know, there, there obviously there's temptation. But can you talk a little bit about, or does Father Amorth talk about just the various levels, I guess, of, of dealing with demons, with evil, with, with uh, the devil mm-hmm. himself? Yeah, and there's a couple. Possession, of course, is the most extreme, but as Father Amorth notes, you don't have to be possessed to be vexed by a devil. Vexation can happen. It's happened to saints. Padre Pio and uh, St. John Vianney are two well-known saints who were being physically clawed or attacked or thrown off their bed by a devil, but they were never possessed. They never gave permission or any kind of opening door for the demon to enter them, but still God allowed them to be vexed by these devils. Uh, There can also be physical disturbances. These can be particular pains or things that can move around your house that shouldn't be moving. We all know uh, that's about as Hollywood as it can get, really. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's infestation, which Father Morth only uses for when demons are attaching themselves to particular objects like houses, books, paintings, things like that. Mm. But thankfully, uh, possession isn't as common as some would think. No, no. And goodness knows I'm not possessed, but there have been times I've kicked Jim out of bed. I'm just, just going <laughs> to generally share that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I that's thought true. about throwing holy water at my cat, but that's just going to be loud. Oh. oh, there you go. I hear I know. But see, that's a, that's a good point, though, because we have these weapons, don't we, against mm-hmm. evil like as lay say, people. Holy water, right, prayers. Sacramentals. Yes, uh, holy salt of Father right. Amor's uh, Father Moore's teacher for the exorcism, a very interesting fellow named Father Candido that I'd love to see a book about him someday written, uh, would often place holy salt whenever people would report, I think my house is haunted or I think there's something in the basement. He would come in and place holy salt all around mm-hmm. and then have people pray a rosary. In fact, Father Moore says that there's never a bad time to say a rosary or just to say a quick prayer of thanks to God. 
And those are very powerful weapons in and of themselves. But, of course, we also have confession, the sacrament, and if it needs to come to it, you have spiritual warriors who can do the exorcisms. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Michael Lichens about the book, The Devil is Afraid of Me, uh, Father Gabriel Amorth, and it's published by Sophia Institute Press. That's sophiainstitute.com is their website. Uh, Michael, and we just in some of the experiences that Father Amorth discusses in there, he had some pretty even violent uh, um, experiences with with devil when with the devil when he was performing exorcisms, didn't he? He certainly did. Uh, he mentions one thing that I thought was fascinating to learn, which is many exorcists get very good at handling a handkerchief to prevent people from spitting on them. <laughs> but he's been kicked, he's been bitten, he got head butted. People will try to like break ribs and things like that, so physical danger would happen. For me, the most chilling story was his very first exorcism, where as the exorcism began, the temperature changed and ice crystals were forming on the windows, even though it was a warm day. And it even felt dark, felt and looked a little darker than when he started. Mm. And sure enough, as he's doing the exorcism, he gets to the point where he can say to the demon, Great you go, TV, I command you, what is your name? And the demon responds, Lucifer. And mm, that's wow. when Father Morth realized his first exorcism is battle to battle with Lucifer. Wow. 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 And I, I understand, too, that exorcists will ask the demons their name. Is there a reason uh, for that, a particular reason for that? Is it, is it... Yes, uh, actually, Father Morse gets into that a little bit in this book. What they're trying to establish is that the name of the demon can, sometimes like angels, the name can reveal a lot about the nature of the entity. And so when it is revealing its name, it might even say its name is a particular temptation, and that can be an idea of where this demon entered in and how it came to be in this person's life. And that can really help with the healing to address the root cause of what is going on. And really, what exorcism and all the sacraments are aiming for is to give us the spiritual healing we need. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You mentioned, uh, Michael, how the demon entered yeah. in. And, and so does he address anywhere that that crack in the door, that window, because many times we're trying to discern uh, a decision or, you know, we're tempted to do something and we can easily justify that it's going to be good for us. So we're, we're almost in a battle with ourselves. How do I discern God's (laughs) voice versus the voice of Satan? So would that be a, a moment where a demon could, could enter in? Absolutely. Father Morth actually talks about, especially when people are in times of trial or are very confused, as many of us are feeling right now, Sure, it's not uncommon because it's out there to go seeking out uh, more esoteric ideas, you know, get someone to read your tarot cards, to tell you your fortune, to communicate with the dead on your behalf, to find hidden knowledge. And that can be right there with the door opening, especially if it's feels effective the first time, then you're going to keep going back. Right. And pretty soon, uh, what Father Amorth calls obsession begins, where your brain will not stop thinking about these things, Mm -hmm. which is another form of vexation, unfortunately. Does the individual have to give permission to allow a possession? Possessions are typically done uh, through... How do I explain this? There are... There's multiple cases of how someone can be possessed, and one of them is, you know, you're doing a satanic covenant, you made a deal with a dark angel, or 
that maybe you thought it was a god, but you made a deal with it, and now it's fulfilling the deal, slowly taking over you. But there are cases, Father Morth ran into, where people became possessed because through some horrible circumstances, they also, on top of everything else, got cursed and felt themselves slowly giving themselves into the creature that was now fulfilling the curse. And Father Morth had noticed that, especially in cases where a mother-in-law is angry at a marriage and will go, I'm laughing about this just because of the absurdity and why would you do this? But they would go and find a fortune teller or a professional witch and say, you know, curse my future son-in-law. I don't want them to stay together. And that can lead to at minimum vexation. But in cases, Father Morse noticed it did lead to possession. Mm. Wow. It sounds like you're watching a lot of movies during the quarantine. <laughs> no, oh, just... my gosh, I know. <laughs> of course, we say now possession is, is the extreme. The more, the more common are these instances of, of you know, little little more nuances. They, they, they're, mm-hmm. And, of course, we know the devil and demons are no are, certainly are not stronger than God himself, and God only allows. No. God, They can only do what God allows. Is that what Father Morse would say? Yes, he uses Job to illustrate this, that God will— Everything that happens, and this is a very Augustinian approach, but everything that happens in this world within the cosmos is only done because God allows it to happen. And that can include evil. He's not the cause of evil. He's not the author. He doesn't make it happen to you. But if through especially circumstances in your life, he can permit those things to occur. And in the case of the saints, as I mentioned earlier, he even would allow the devil to tempt them to prove their holiness, which is a big—it's one of the weirdest things. It's like, you're God's favorite. Guess what that gets you? Uh, <laughs> demonic fixation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do hear about the great saints, like you mentioned Padre Pio, yeah. who actually had these—I mean, these battles with, 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 mm-hmm. uh, with the, the devil. And, and when we say the devil—you mentioned Father Amorth's his exorcism when he dealt with Lucifer himself— but we're talking about the other third of the angels who were fallen. fallen they're, yeah. the, they're the other ones we're battling with as well. Yes. Yeah. So and yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. Can they hide from an exorcist? Can the demons hide? The, the, is, is this is an exorcist? Cheryl mentioned charism, but this the gifts that an yeah. exorcist may have. Can he? Does he know? Can the, uh, the uh, can demons you know hide behind a chair and he not know they're there? <laughs> you see, some priests are actually blessed with very great discernment. Uh, Father Moore seems to have had some of it, but most of the time he says his gift of discernment was nothing compared to, say, Padre Pio or his mentor, Father Candido, that they could just look at someone and really get a sense of not only what was vexing their soul, but what caused that to happen and thus could get them healing. Fascinating. I know we know that with Padre Pio, that he could be in the confessional and really talk to people and tell them things about their lives they told no one. Right. Uh, with the Morth, he would have to do a little diagnosis, and he found, yes, the demons did not only hide from him, this will surprise no one, but demons like to lie, <laughs> and they would often lie to him. They would try to trick him, oh, you know, we've left already, and he, the person would have to come back, and he'd do an exorcism, and that was a learning experience for him. Wow. Wow. Well, it's a fascinating topic and something, as you mentioned, you know, yeah. we don't hear a lot about it. I know Pope Francis talks a lot about the devil and the presence yeah, of the devil. Right. He's not hold, held back on that. But but for a good time, it wasn't really verbalized, you know, to the point where yeah. sub, there's a generation that just doesn't believe that the devil is real, you know, because we've not mm-hmm. been instructed. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not been in the... That evil is an abstract. There's no there's yeah. no personification to it, but there is. Right, right. Mm-hmm. There absolutely is, and 
but the important thing to remember, as you both said, is, uh, and Father Moore's direct line is, the mercy of God is nothing against, I'm sorry, the devil is nothing against the mercy of God. Amen. And right. That's something we can always take to heart. Amen. Well, the book is called The Devil is Afraid of Me, uh, Father Gabriel Amorth. We've been talking with Michael Litchens, who uh, has joined us to talk about uh, from Sophia Institute, and the website is sophiainstitute.com. That's the website, friends. You can check it out. The Devil is Afraid of Me, Father Gabriel Amorth. Uh, fascinating, uh, Michael. Thank you so much for sharing it with us, and we appreciate you being here today. Thank you both so much. God bless you. Have a great weekend. God bless, God bless you. you. Stay well. All right, friends, and you stay where you are. We'll be right back in just a bit. Don't go away. I went to church and just sat there and listened. I really didn't absorb anything. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I had this sin that I carried in my heart for a long time, and I told myself for many, many years that the Lord wouldn't forgive me for this. When, when Father in the confessional says, your sins are forgiven, there truly is a, a feeling of, of weight lifted off. I don't care if it's two or three little sins that you're carrying, there's a feeling of I can breathe deeply again. I feel pure inside, and I'm, and I'm ready to come to Mass. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home. If you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. When you come home to the, to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. All right, welcome back, friends. And just a couple of minutes left before we have to head on out of here. But uh, interesting topic. I know. Light beach reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take the book to the beach with you. Did you ever read The Exorcist? Yes. I mean, not the, I, the movie, but I actually read the book. I did read the book. Yeah. I read the book the summer that I was working on Amtrak. Okay. I was driving, you know, that summer. I didn't know you then, but I was, it was between my, my, um, my, my freshman and sophomore year in college, and I got a gig on Amtrak. I would ride the Silver Star from New York to Miami and, and entertain on the club car, play the banjo and guitar and sing. <laughs> that was my summer job. That was before Catholic Radio. Before, yeah. But I, they Did gave you me, wind up sleeping with the light on? They I mean, gave that... me a little roomette, so I had my own little room. And, but I remember reading the book. Because I would sing for five, you know five five hours in the evening, but the rest of the day I was just I had nothing to do, so I would sit right. in my little and watch watch the countryside go by the train wow. window. I've never seen one of those little rooms on a train. The bed would pull out of the yeah it was a room it had a door and everything you know you had it was locked you, your own little room but that, but the bed would pull out of the wall okay like over a, the sink and the uh, the commode a pull down cot yeah sort of and thing. sleep there. Is and, there a weight uh, limit? Just, excuse me. <laughs> No, I. I'm Why not, do you ask? I'm just curious. I, I I don't know anything about how that works. Well, that's the way. Well, this is 1974. I don't know yeah. if it's you know this changed since then. No, just just thinking about but it. But I remember reading the book, The Exorcist, while I was on the train, and I would start to hear noises in the like oh, knockings oh. and. Oh and, sure, the train is so noisy. No, but it was it wasn't the train. It wasn't the train noises. Mm. It wasn't the train. Oh, I did. I will tell you this. You know, when you would flush the commode. <laughs> You would you'd open up and you'd see the tracks going by, so it like would just. Oh my gosh! Isn't that pretty pretty? I wonder if it's just my my particular car. <laughs> just yours. <laughs> Nobody else's. <laughs> no, you flush the. Aren't you glad you you're the... turning into Catholic radio? <laughs> you will get the good news right here, friends. That's another little tidbit, probably people didn't know that I entertained on Amtrak for That's one right. summer. That's right. No, it's very good. I was good. earning, and I was making it was good money too. 
I'm sure. I was making good money that summer. I made. I think I paid for you know everything I needed for college and beyond. And they fed you, right? Sure, yeah. sure. Everything was free. Well, it sounded like, and people probably know this story, but again, r- right before I met you, I was overseas for almost a year, mm-hmm. and it was the same thing. I was living in a hotel. They gave me my room. I got all my meals, and I would just play and sing every night for four or five hours. And the rest of the day was free. So I would go to museums. I would walk. I did make some friends and or go out to the pool. It was absolutely beautiful. And I made very good money. Yeah. We made do some money. We were entertaining. What not happened the, not, to all that Not money? the kind of money we're making here at Catholic Radio. Oh, right. <laughs> mind you. <laughs> right. But uh, that's all right. It's a nice little sacrifice. That's okay. But those were the days. But, yeah, I remember reading The Exorcist on the train and getting frightened by it. Because I think the movie, was, the, the book was a little more detailed As usual, than the, the movie. You know, yeah. The book is going to have a lot more detail than the movie. And then wasn't there Exorcist 2, which I have vague I don't even remember seeing the first movie. I don't think I ever even saw the movie. Yeah. But I remember I read The Exorcist and The Godfather. Those are the two, the two books I read on the train. That summer. Yeah. 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 But the, Godfather, the book The Godfather is a lot more detailed, too, than the movie. And the movie's long enough. I mean, it's. I think it's still playing. <laughs> it is still playing. <laughs> 50 years. Any other texts? Any messages from anyone? Uh, what are you doing Sunday? Oh, yeah, we Mother's did get one. Day. I'm sorry, we did get one from, uh, uh, let's see, Mother's Day this year. Starts with a streamed Holy Mass, followed by several FaceTime chats with family, oh. and then grilled filet mignon. Ooh. If the weather is good, we'll walk the county park trail with the dogs. Get those people's address. Well, that P- sounds. It's Pete, it's Pete and Arlene. Oh, we're going to meet them. They sent, didn't they send you a recipe for cheesecake? That's or right. That's right. And they're having filet mignon. And what are we doing oh, Mother's Day? Oh, how beautiful. I don't know. I'm sure you are planning a wonderful surprise for Well, me. you're not my mother. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? I am the mother of your children. Well, then my children should be calling you and making arrangements. I know. You know, my mother, God rest her soul, is with the Lord. So, I, but I'm sure Pete is now. Is when they were little, for wait, wait. Does this mean that I now I'm responsible for Mother's Day? <laughs> what you mean? You don't have anything planned? This consi- this conversation is going to continue. So this is after okay. The show. Does is the husband? There's a question for you. Is the husband yeah. responsible to buy Mother's Day gifts? I mean, when the children were little, a different story because they were right. little, they couldn't go out and buy gifts and stuff. I'm going to have to Google it. But they're it. grown adults with their own children now. Shouldn't they be doing all that? And I just kind of sit back and enjoy the day with you? <laughs> wow. Wow. What do you think? Okay, I'm going to need to hear from people on this one. <laughs> so what do you think? But am I, am I, not that I don't have anything for you. I oh, could. I feel like, I feel like. The... When they were little, I did that because they yeah. were little. They couldn't go to the store. And buy. But now since then. Yeah, right. But I don't know. Like I would send. Now my mom's passed away, but uh, you know, I yes. send her flowers. That it would be the responsibility of the children, and they're not even listening. So I'm probably going to not have anything. I used to have to remind them, <laughs> but I don't them. anymore. You call them and tell them I'm going to be home waiting. All right, well, we'll do something. You and I will do something. We can do something. Certainly, we will. I know. I just, I just. <sighs> we'll go to Wawa and buy a chocolate bar. Oh, I'm good okay. with that. Sounds good. I'm good with that. All right. Well, we're going to head on out of here. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And um, we'll be back next Friday, God willing. Father Wade Menezes is going to join us next Friday. Oh. Yeah. He has a new book out, so we'll talk to Father Wade next Friday. Um, I'll be back on Tuesday. So have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us. God bless you. God bless you.